This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You're listening to 77 WABC. If there's one consistent theme with this radio program, it's that we try to do the things that no one else is doing. We try to cover topics that no one else is covering. We try and take angles on topics that that other folks are doing that folks may not even think about. And that's why I have always been so eager to talk about proportional representation. You know, they use some version of proportional representation in Italy, Israel, Japan, a whole bunch of other countries around the world. We used to use proportional representation to elect our city council right here in New York City. And yet these days in New York, in, in New York and around the country, it's very difficult to find places where proportional representation, as it exists in countries like Israel and Italy, it's difficult to find any places where it's really implemented. So I've tried to spend a lot of time talking about proportional representation, talking about its its potential benefits, and at least getting the conversation going. So you can imagine my surprise and my pleasure when I discovered a group called Fix Our House, which is trying to further this conversation on proportional representation and potentially even bring it to the House of Representation. What is it? Why should you care about it? How would it work? Those are a few of the questions we have for Ellie Zupnik. Uh, El, he is the founder of Fix Our House and the former communications director for Senator Patty Murray. Ellie, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. It's great to be on. So, Ellie, let's uh, boil it down to basics. What is proportional representation? I think most of our listeners are familiar with how Congress is elected now, at least how the House is elected, that it's in different districts and uh, big states like California, Florida, Texas have a whole bunch of little districts. Smaller states like Alaska and Hawaii may just have one. What is proportional representation? And if we would have it at a national basis, how would that look different than what we have in the House of Representatives? Well, that's a great question. And as you said, this is a system that so many other countries use. It is foreign here in America, but it's something that more and more people think is the right thing to do. So I appreciate you talking about it, and thanks for having me on. So put simply, proportional representation is a system where a political party's representatives are elected in proportion to the actual vote they get. Now, that seems like it should be obvious, but in the system we have, it doesn't work that way. In the system that we have, there are single winner districts where if any party wins a plurality of votes in a single winner, they win the entire representation. Uh, So if there are five districts in New York and Democrats win 51% in each of them, they get five representatives. They have 100% of the representation. Whereas in a proportional system, if Democrats win 51% and Republicans win 20% and a third party wins 20%, Democrats would get maybe two or three seats, Republicans would get one or two seats, and the third party would get one seat. It is much more fair, it is representative, and I think critically it allows third parties to form, which is something that is missing in our system right now and contributing to so much of the gridlock and dysfunction that we're seeing. Well, look, uh, you're talking to a guy who has spent the better part of his life working towards building the independent political movement and been a member of several minor parties over the years. So for a lot of what you say is like uh, an oasis in the desert. But 
for the uninitiated, um, how does it actually? So, as I understand it, let's say you get in New York City. Um, we had a, a candidate for mayor, one of my colleagues, Curtis Lewa, that got about thirty percent of the vote, and and that holds pretty true to how New Yorkers voted in lower races as well. Uh, citywide, New Yorkers voted about thirty percent Republican. But there's only five Republicans in a body of 51 in the city council. So rather than them getting 30 percent of the seats, they have fewer than 10 percent of the seats. In a proportional representation system, the Republicans would get closer to 30 percent of the seats, right? That's exactly right. And, and if you think about it at the congressional level as well, New York has 26 districts. New York went about 60 percent for Biden, 40 percent for Trump. But the current map has Democrats with 22 out of 26 seats. If it was proportional, it would be about 16 Democrats, 10 Republicans. But I think what makes it even more interesting is that if it were proportional, there could be third parties. There, there are different perspectives. We have a big country. We have lots of different viewpoints. Not everyone falls into just a Democrat or a Republican perspective. But in our current system, you have to choose. You either support the Democrats or you support the Republicans, or if you vote for a third party, you're often going to be a spoiler and vote for someone who could have someone closer to your ideological perspective lose the race because you supported a spoiler. Uh, proportional representation fixes that. It lets people vote for who they actually want to vote for, who they actually think represents them, and it gives them a chance to, to go to Congress or city or the city council or the state legislature in proportion to the votes that they actually get. It's a system that just makes sense. It's just not what we do in America because we are an old democracy. America actually was founded before proportional representation was something that even was a thing across the world. Uh, and it's hard to change. But I think as people, the more people see how broken our system is and how gridlocked and dysfunctional and unrepresentative our democracy is, the more the appetite grows for real change like this. So uh, currently, the way it works is if I'm uh, somebody on the progressive left, and obviously this could apply just as well to the uh, to the hard right or the libertarian right, but if I'm someone on the progressive left, I may not want to vote for the Green Party candidate for Congress because if I vote for the Green Party candidate for Congress or for another office, that might allow the, the Republican, the person I really don't want to win, to get elected with a plurality of votes. So if I have an interest in stopping the Republican, I would vote for the Democrat. In a proportional representation system, I would have no qualms about voting for the Green Party candidate because even if the Green Party only gets five or six percent of the vote, they'd still get some seats. That's exactly right. I mean, the most famous case of this nationally is Ralph Nader in Florida, where a number of Green Party voters voted for Ralph Nader, and they ended up being a spoiler because they probably would have supported Al Gore over George W. Bush. But because they voted for a third party candidate, it threw the election to George W. Bush. And it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It goes for anyone that there is no way for a third party to form unless they could get a plurality in a single election in a single district. And that's just that that's not going to happen in our system right now. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to shift the system so that third parties can form. People can can actually express their their political viewpoints. Third parties can get elected in proportion to what they actually 
to, to the voters that they have. And Democrats and Republicans can vote, can be elected in actual proportion. And, and you don't have places like New York, where right now there's, you know, there's a map, there's a congressional map that's stuck in the courts because Democrats are trying to gerrymander. In Texas, Republicans are trying to gerrymander. In Oklahoma, you have a state where, where Biden got 33% of the vote and there are zero Democrats in the congressional delegation. In Massachusetts, Trump got 33% of the vote and there are zero Republicans in the congressional delegation. It just doesn't make sense. And it, and it contributes to a country that is divided between red and blue when it doesn't have to be that way. There's a different way it could go and, and proportional representation would help get us there. All right. Um, what are some countries, I mentioned a few, Israel, Italy, Japan, what are some other countries or, uh, if not countries, municipalities, states where proportional representation exists? Sure. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned a few. There's Germany, Ireland, uh, we've, and, and you mentioned, too, that in American history, we, we have had proportional representation before in our history that's been tried in local government, and state government, it's been tried federally. Uh, it, it just it keeps getting stamped out because we have a two-party system where the two parties are very powerful and they have a strong interest in pushing back against third-party formation, and they have found ways to to make sure that, that these kind of systems that would allow third parties to form are just can't get traction uh, but i think that that's starting to change as more people are 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 disgusted with the parties as, as we see the two parties move to the extremes and a lot of people in the middle have nowhere to go uh, that's starting to change and i think there's more appetite to push back against the two-party system and uh, and to have more choices and a system where people are actually elected in proportion to the electorate I think you can tell that uh, you're speaking with a, a very sympathetic ear, but let me bring up some of the criticisms of proportional representation that I've heard for the last 20 years or so that I've been advocating for it. And if uh, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Ellie Zupnik. He's the founder of a group called Fix Our House, which is trying to bring proportional representation to the United States on a national level. Uh, one one criticism which may have some validity, depending on the proportional representation system that's implemented, is that this encourages partisanship rather than voting for the best candidate based on their individual merits. You know, it's not unusual for listeners in our audience to ticket split. I like this candidate because of his education or her character or her ethnic upbringing or the neighborhood she's from or uh, the fact that I just feel like she has a, a great rags to riches story that I think would serve uh, her well in Congress. If I'm blindly voting for the Green Party or the Constitution Party or the Libertarian Party or the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, does it diminish the value of having individual candidates that appeal to voters based on those candidates' individual merits? That, that's absolutely a valid criticism. I would say it's a criticism based on the system that we have, where people are used to having just two choices, and they have to look to individual candidates who are promising to do different things or who have particularly unique stories that they are voting for. I think if you look at other countries or if you look at places where there is proportional representation and there's multiple parties that actually have to cater to voters and actually have to try to win, try to present an agenda that people can support instead of just saying the other side is terrible, don't support them, you see candidates and more specifically parties 
actually putting forth agendas that appeal to voters, that appeal to different groups, that appeal to different ideologies and agendas. So you see the kind of, you know, where in America you have to rely on, you know, oftentimes wealthy candidates who are able to, to be independent of their parties or people who have particularly unique stories or skill sets. In other countries, you see ordinary people who are able to just talk about the things they care about and attach themselves to parties that support agendas that people actually support, and they're able to get traction and support, and it leads to a much healthier, better system. In America, we have we, we are very anti-party in America right now, and that makes sense in our two-party system where the two parties are so broken, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. Parties don't have to be bad. They are bad because there's no choices and people are stuck in one or the other, but if there's multiple parties and the parties have to compete for, for people's votes, it's a much different and healthier system. But are there proportional representations which can be more candidate-focused rather than party-focused? I know there's a certain system that are open lists, certain systems that are closed lists. I'm not an expert on the different varieties of proportional representations. Um, are there some, some systems of PR which are a little bit more candidate-centered? Yes, you're absolutely right. There are the, the system that would likely make the most sense for the United States is a system uh, called STV, which is which is a system where it's not a partyless system like you see in Israel, where you vote for a party and then they have the party list their candidates in order, and then those candidates get elected. In you know, if a party gets seven seats, then the top seven seats in that party get sent to the parliament. In America, it would most likely be a system where people vote for individual candidates attached to parties likely using some kind of ranked choice voting system, which people in New York City are now familiar with. And there's a combination of candidate-centered politics where people can advocate for themselves and tell their stories and why they, they would advocate for the people that they want to represent. And parties where you know, you know that if you would vote for a Green Party, you're voting for certain things, or a Libertarian Party, you're voting for certain things in the Democratic Party and a Republican Party. All right. Um... So the depending on the system that of proportional representations that's used, it might encourage greater partisanship. But your view is that would be OK because the parties would be better incentivized to offer an agenda that appeals to a, a broad cross section of the American people. That's exactly right. Partisanship is bad when there's only two choices, when it's you have to vote for the lesser of two evils. But nobody ever talks about the lesser of three evils or the lesser of four evils. When there's multiple candidates, multiple parties to choose from that can actually be represented, then there's an incentive to put forward an agenda instead of just trying to tear the other side down. Right now, I mean, we saw in all the polling in the 2016 election, the 2020 election, 2016 election, there were so many moderate, independent, and Republican candidates who were voting against Clinton in the 2020 election. It was the same case for Trump. And that's not a healthy way to run a democracy. Mm. And that's always going to be the case. And to some degree, you're always going to have negative vote, people voting against the other side. But when, there's when there is no other side, when the coalitions are constantly changing, when there's a group of people that come together to pass climate change legislation, and another group of people that come together on gun safety issues, another group that comes together on health care, coalitions are always changing. There's no single common enemy. It changes the dynamic and makes for a much healthier political system. 
what is the um, current legislation that's in the House of Representatives that you're supporting, and how would it work in, in this country if that legislation were to pass? So we at Fix Our House are, are advocating, we're trying to make the case for proportionality. We're not trying to get too specific right now. There is legislation called the Fair Representation Act in Congress. It's a good bill. It would lead to a uh, single transferable vote, STV, that would uh, be the kind of system that we talked about before where people vote for candidates. It's ranked choice voting so that people, the candidates would be elected in proportion uh, to, uh, to the numbers of votes they get. But our goal in Fix Our House is to really educate and raise awareness about the problems with the single winner system that we have and try to build a movement like the one that you've been talking about for years for proportionality and the idea that it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. We don't expect legislation to pass this Congress, but things are things are bad and they keep getting worse. And we're uh, I think people are getting sick and tired of the dysfunction. So we want to show that there's another way. There's an alternative, and you know, and proportionality is the way to. The way to go. So you're not you're not necessarily married to this existing legislation. You just want people to start understanding the concept of proportional representation and how it might benefit the United States. That's right. And we, we have a long way to go. You know, we this is not an overnight thing. It's going to take people speaking up, speaking out, calling their legislators, making it clear that, that they're sick and tired of the status quo. I think the Fair Representation Act in Congress right now is a good bill. But, you know, the, there's there could be other ways to do it. And the important thing is for people to start making it clear that they want to have more choices. They don't think that this is the system they should be boxed into, that there could be a better way. And and they're interested in their legislators making a change and doing something different. It, it is interesting that when I've talked about that uh, particular piece of legislation, um, a couple of callers have asked, well, how come there are no Republicans that support it? And I've asked my congresswoman, who's a Republican, to look at uh, at supporting it. And especially in a state like New York, I think Republicans would really stand to benefit uh, from that legislation, as would Republicans in states like uh, California, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and other other blue states that have pockets of red in them. Why do you think more Republicans haven't gotten on board with this in the current Congress anyway? It's a good question. I think I think right now politics is so nationalized. That's part of the problem with our two-party system is that everything becomes nationalized and and there's there's very little room for local initiative and local uh, local agendas to be advanced. Uh, and I think for for whatever reason, this is something that you know Republicans are not on board with many of these kind of reforms. I mean, Florida just banned ranked choice voting uh, for reasons I don't quite understand. Uh, but I, I think that's a problem. I think so they banned it outright. That, if a municipality wants to do this on their own, just for their town or their city, they're not able to do that in Florida. They banned it at the state level. You know, I, I'm not. I, I will admit, I'm not exactly sure how it plays out. I think it's going to be going to court in some way. But they banned it at the state level uh, for, for whatever reason. I think they, you know, right now there's a group of Republicans that are, you know, the the, the Trump wing of the Republican Party is dominant and this is something that doesn't necessarily help them because the trump wing of the party is able to often get a plurality in these primaries these low turnout primaries but they can't always get majorities or 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 they may lose 
some influence in ranked choice voting or proportional representation. Same thing with the extreme left wing of, the, of a Democratic Party. Um, and that's not always something that the dominant wing of the parties like. So, you know, it's in our coalition in Fix Our House, we have a lot of we don't have Republicans that are supporting Trump right now. And I, I don't quite understand why. We have never Trump Republican types. We have conservative, center-right Republicans, people like Miles Taylor, the anonymous guy, and you know, the person who, who, who uh, stood up and said what he, that he thought Trump was doing something wrong, who says that he's a conservative and has no path to power. You know, there are people out there like Bill Kristol and others who, who support these kind of reforms. Uh, who are conservatives and right now see no pathway to power in the current version of the Republican Party, but think that a system that has some reforms that could open up the door to a center-right party, a Chamber of Commerce-type Republican Party, a more traditional Republican Party, not the kind of Republican Party we've seen recently, uh, that that could open up pathways to power for them. And I think, you know, I'm from New York, and, you know, it's it's I know that there, there are conservatives in New York, and I, I talk to them who don't necessarily love President Trump or think that that's the kind of government they want, but there's no way they were going to vote for Senator Clinton, so they voted Republican. But they would love to have other options. They would love to have be able to, to elect members of Congress that actually stood for New York-style conservative values. And the same thing in Oklahoma for Democrats. Oklahoma Democrats are not the same as Massachusetts Democrats or California Democrats. They're different, and, and they should be able to have pathways to power so the Democratic caucus could be more diverse, more representative. You don't have you know, this strict division between red and blue states and coastal and, and, um, and you know, states in, in the middle of the country. And, and I think it would lead to a much healthier democracy and country if we had that kind of change in our electoral system that could lead to these kind of these, this truly representative system. Well, uh, just uh, and if people just tuning in, we're talking with Ellie Zupnik. He's the founder of Fix Our House. I, I want to focus on a couple of the other uh, potential criticisms of PR. But just to go back uh, to the Trump situation for a second, you know, a lot of Trump's appeal was to ordinary Americans, people that felt that the conventional Republicans left them behind by advocating for things like free trade and endless wars in Iraq and um Illegal and uh, you know legalizing illegal immigration to have uh, people illegal immigrants compete with Americans for lower and lower wages, and uh, you know I think a lot of the aspects of Trump's message that Republicans, Democrats, and Independents found appealing was very much a populist appeal. And to me, there's nothing more populist than proportional representation. I could certainly see a scenario where even a lot of Trump supporters would want to support PR. Can't you? Absolutely. I think that's right. I think if you remember back after the 2020 election, there was a moment when President Trump and some of his supporters were talking about creating a third party, a MAGA-type party. Uh, then they, they subsequently were able to pretty much take over the current Republican Party, so that fell away. But I think that's right. I think that may not last forever. There could be a moment when Trump wing of the party is pushed out of the current Republican Party. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but it's possible. But to your point, that was at that moment, they were saying, we think, you know, President Trump himself said that he was considering creating a third party if the Republican Party was going to reject what he said about, you know, his claims about the election, which, of course, you know, I disagree with. But they, they, many Republicans think that uh, he is right about. 
So there could have been a scenario where if the Republican Party didn't cave to President Trump and, and if you know, people like Majority Leader McCarthy and, and many others in the Republican Party didn't accept what Trump was saying about a stolen election, that President Trump and his supporters could have pushed for a third party. Now, I don't know if that would be great for democracy in this moment, but I think what we see in other countries across the globe is that you're not going to stop. You know, there's always going to be an extreme right wing or a hard right wing, but healthy democracies are able to have conservatives push aside that extreme right, right wing, uh, and they have conservative parties that are more moderate and so, allow moderates to express their voices. So I, I can tell by the, the tone of how you frame the hypothetical that, um, you know, a, a worst case scenario for you might be a government dominated by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Sarah Palin. And I get it for a lot of people. Uh, uh, the worst case scenario would be a government dominated by people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Cory Bush and Bernie Sanders. Now, whatever, wherever people fall on the political spectrum, that leads me to one of the next potential criticisms of PR, which is that the smaller parties, if they're able to get a handful of seats, they could have too much power. Now, let's say you're a, a, a moderate conservative. A lot of them don't want a world where the squad, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the others, are the balance of power because then the fear is that they that uh, in order to form a majority government, the squad could make too many demands. If you're a center left person, I'd imagine that you'd have the same fear of a, a party headed by uh, people like Ted Cruz or, or Matt Gates. How do you address that criticism that that if uh, a party which might be considered fringe in the current system gets four, five, six percent of the vote? All of a sudden, they're in a position to dictate and control the agenda. Yeah, it's a good question. And I'll start by saying that democracy is a little bit messy, that you, there is no perfect system that, uh, that, that relies on democracy. Uh, you know, democracy is, uh, it, it's the, it's, you know, it, it has, uh, it, any system that you look at across the world has problems. What I will say, what the, the way to address that is to create slightly higher bars. So in a country like Israel, for example, they have a very low bar. I think if you get two and a half or three percent of the vote, you're able to get a seat in the Knesset, the parliament. In most versions of proportional representation that people talk about for America, it would be about five member districts, meaning you have to hit a bar of about 20 percent in order to get a seat. And if you can get 20 percent, you know, that, that's a lot easier to get than the current plurality that you need in the single winner system. But if you can get 20 percent, you know, I think you represent a, a chunk of America that should have a voice. And yes, there are times when it could be messy and that, you know, they could be the difference and make uh, and um, and make or break coalitions and make demands. But that, you know, there, there's no perfect way to run a democracy. And the current way we run democracy is that Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was elected by 44,000 people in a low turnout primary, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who is represented by even fewer people in a low turnout primary, have have voices that uh, you know, that in our current system they are loud and they they have an impact. Uh, but the reality is that they they don't represent that they don't represent all that many people. Literally, I mean, they they weren't elected by all that many people in a proportional system. Senator Representative Ocasio-Cortez would likely be represented, uh, would likely be elected. Same thing with Representative Taylor 
uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, but they would be representing smaller parties potentially. They would have to negotiate. They wouldn't dominate one of the two major parties. I don't think Representative Ocasio-Cortez does, and maybe not Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene does, but I think that you could make the case that right now that, you know, especially on the Republican side, they are dominated, or at least uh, they, they have to fear uh, their fringes much more so than should be the case. And they're constantly worried about primary challenges, general elections in 90% of districts right now don't matter. People go to the to vote in November, and it's basically right. already decided in 90% of districts. And that that's just that just doesn't make sense. It's, a, it's not it's not the way it should work. Uh, I, and again, I, I want I want to have you back, and we can have a longer conversation on this because I'm just out I'm just about out of time. But there's a couple quick things I have to get your take on. Is this too complicated for individual voters to understand? Are people's eyes going to glaze over when they start trying to do the math on figuring out how many parties are entitled to which seats? I don't think so. I, I think Americans are smart. New Yorkers are smart. You know, we saw in the change to ranked choice voting there there was problems with the election board, but there wasn't confusion among voters. You know, people understand, uh, people know that, yeah, I think when you look at polling, people want more choices. People people are ready for more choices. So I don't think that, you know, it could, it's a transition. Uh, there could, there may be, you know, there, there could be growing pains, but I think people are smart and, and they know what they know, they'll know what to do. A lot of folks, uh, and again, want to encourage you to learn more about Fix Our House. We're talking with uh, Ellie Zupnik. Uh, the website, the website, Ellie, is uh, fixourhouse.com, right? Fixourhouse.org. .org, thank you. Um, a lot of folks like having a representative for their neighborhood, for their area, so that when they try to close a military base or close a post office or do away with a veteran cemetery or, or put a, a landfill somewhere that the voters don't want it or, um, you know, put uh, windmills off the coast of a certain community, there's a local congressman to speak out, advocate for that neighborhood, for that district, for that area of the state and to use the levers of the the levers of the federal government's power to make sure that whatever local constituent concern is at play here doesn't come to fruition or uh, on the contrary does come to fruition with proportional representation and larger maybe even statewide districts do folks lose that hometown representative that's going to go to Washington and fight for their community that, that's an absolutely legitimate concern, and it's why most versions of most proposals for proportional representation in the United States don't involve statewide districts. I mean, maybe for, for low population states, but in a place like New York, it would involve combining, for example, five districts into one, where you still have real local touches. People people understand the local community. I mean, New York has, you know, you know New York very well. They have, you know, five districts is now a very large geographic area. Um, but you know, it, it's something that it's a transition. And the way it works in many other countries that have adopted the system is that the different representatives in that slightly larger district, you know, one would focus on one particular area, maybe where they're from, another would focus on another particular area. Uh, and that's part of what they would run on when they would run for office is to be a representative for particular areas, for particular constituencies within the district. Um, but I think you're right that in the United States, uh, people wouldn't want massive districts where people uh, where they don't they they've just lost touch with the voters on the ground. But I would also say that in the United States, we have senators that represent the entire state, and you know I think most people feel 
uh, some connection to their senators. Senators work hard, for better or worse, to try to represent their voters. I think, again, it would be a transition. It's not exactly the way things are now, but if people think the way things are now is great and is going, everything is going well, then they shouldn't support proportional representation. I think this is a system that has some changes, but you know, it, it's something that could lead to a better system, more representative system, and one that makes our democracy work a little better. Um, lastly, for real this time, uh, there's been a lot of complaints when I brought this up on the air that um, that extremist systems benefit when there's proportional representation. A caller called me one time and said that Hitler and the Nazis were elected because of a proportional representation system. They were able to do away with proportional representation here in New York City because two communists were elected at the height of the Red Scare. Is proportional representation going to lead to a bunch of Nazis and communists getting elected? I don't think so. I, I, I think that you know it, it is right now. We have extreme members on both sides who are able to win low turnout primaries and take over one of the two major parties or both of the two major parties. Uh, but they're able to do it kind of insidiously. They're able to do it without saying exactly what they are or exactly what they believe in. So I don't. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be some kooks who could get elected in some parts of the country with 20% of the vote. I don't think they would have particular influence. I think they would be pushed aside. It's something that we've seen in countries like Germany, for example, where they consistently form coalitions that push, that ostracize their far-right parties, and they do have far-right parties. But what you see in proportional systems is that coalitions are able to form across, across multiple parties that ostracize those those extreme elements, whether it's you know, the extreme left or the extreme right. And I think that's what you'd see here in America if any of those extreme elements were able to win. Ellie, we're going to have to end it there. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. I hope you'll come back soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. If you want to learn more about Fix Our House or proportional representation, you can go to fixourhouse.org. You can also go to fairvote.org. Uh, there's a, a terrific, a lot of terrific resources at fairvote.org, not only related to proportional representation, but a lot of other alternative voting systems, which if you geek out over this stuff like I do, you'll b- learn a lot from. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to. 1-800-848-WABC. That's one 800 848 This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead.